And I want to have a word of prayer before we read it. And I just want you to help me this morning. I want you to, to go along with me and help me uh, because this could be a series of sermons that might be the best I've ever preached or it could be a clunker. Y'all pray. Uh, we're going to ask God. It's never going to be a clunker if I get it right, if God's words preached correctly. But I just want to make sure I don't mess it up. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. I thank you for this good group that's here, some that are homesick, some that are hurting this morning. But I thank you for those who've gathered in your house. And I pray that you'd bless. I pray you'd hide my finite mind and stammering tongue and sinful flesh behind the power of the cross and the wonderful message of the gospel and the beauty of your word. And Lord, I pray we'd see how beautiful you are today. And I pray when we leave this place and we look at this message that God will see you like we've never seen you before. As Brother Dave said, Lord, we, we may have seen it a thousand times, but that thousand and one will be such a blessing. And I pray for that today. I pray your blessing, pray your help. And Lord, I pray for somebody here today that they're not sure about heaven. They're not sure heaven be their home. They, they're not quite ready yet. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to their heart. You'll draw them. Help us, God, today. Forgive me. Hide me. In Jesus' name, amen. All of God's people said, you're going to know this verse when I read it this morning. You're going to, you're going to say, well, man, we've heard this verse a thousand times, but we're going to hear it again. And I'm using this kind of as a jumping board and a reference point for the next several weeks. The Bible says in John chapter 12, if you're there, say amen. Verse 32 says, and of course, the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about coming to this earth. The Father, glorify thy name. He says in verse 28, <clears throat> Jesus uh, answered in verse 30, The voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Verse 31, Now is the judgment of this world. Now is, shall the prince of this world be cast out. And then I want you to notice verse 32. <clears throat> the Bible says, <clears throat> And I... If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Can we say that out loud together, church, this morning? Let's do this, verse 32. Here we go. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. You know, I've heard that verse my whole life. Have y'all heard that verse before? And we used to sing a song in the church I grew up in. I could sing it this morning. And I sing it, it still comes to my mind. It's funny how those children's songs come to our minds. But I want to start this morning, and I'm going to need your help, church. I'm going to need you to go along with me. Because I'm going, I want to share with you, and, and some of you will love this, this series, and some of you may say, well, man, I don't know about that. But I want you to go, as we would say in literature, as we would say in studying I want you to go with me in your mind, in your mind's eyes, they say. And I want you to picture some things with me in these next several weeks. And I want to begin a series this morning entitled very simply this, Looking Through the Stained Glass Windows. Looking Through the Stained Glass Windows. How many y'all know what stained glass windows are? Now, I have a, and have had, Really, since I was a child, I have a deep love and uh, of architecture, and I love anything like that. I, I love, since I was, even before I was a preacher, I've always been fascinated by stained glass windows. I just think they're beautiful, I always have. 
And I was sitting as I was studying, and I said, Lord, what could be a good series for our church? What does our church need? What do we need in our churches as we approach Easter? And what I would like to do is these next several weeks, I want us to think about stained glass windows. Now, you might would say to me, well, preacher, what do you mean? I remember I've had the privilege of being in a couple of very beautiful, beautiful churches that have immaculately made and designed. Uh, some of them are kind of you know nationally renowned, beautiful stained glass windows. And, and I remember being in a couple of churches that had stained glass windows. In now we have uh, kind of the uh, we have some I guess you'd call this. It's really actually plexiglass. It looks it has the look of stained glass. I love that, but it's not officially stained glass. But in these churches, each window in the church would have a scene of the Lord Jesus Christ's life. In other words, we'd come over here to this window and it, it might be, uh, you know, it, it maybe be a, a Bible, maybe because it's showing the Bible is the Word of God. Then you go to this window to go around. And what happened in these churches that have stained glass, the, there was a message in each one of these stained glass windows. And I, I started thinking about that this week. I said, why does churches, why do churches? Now I know sometimes people decorate them with their in their home. In fact, um, if somebody if somebody has an extra stained glass window, I'd like to use it as a, a prop for us to get our minds over the next, next several weeks. I may borrow it from you. But I got to thinking, why is it that they spoke to my heart so much? Why is it that it, that I like that? And I've talked to other people and said, oh yeah, brother, that's, I like those too. In fact, as I studied, I found out that it's across all kinds of different, especially Christian belief systems. It isn't just you know, a lot of times we think of that, we think of maybe a, a Catholic cathedral or some of the big, beautiful churches in Europe and some of the ornate stained glass that they have. Or we think of some, you know, different, but even the Baptist people. In fact, one of the most beautiful churches I'd ever seen that stained glass was in a Baptist church. And as I went around the room, I started to think, what is it that's speaking to my heart so clearly? And the reason it is, is because of the message and as I saw one writer say, the gospel in glass. I started doing a little bit of research about why did we have stained glass. Some of it has to do with architecture. Some of it has to do with history. And in history, they went from one type of architecture to another and it lended itself to having more openings in church buildings. And, and by the way, and, and I'm not going to get into all of it today, but if you do, because I'm going to talk about this for the next several weeks, if you do a little bit of study, you'll find that as we are getting further away from the Bible and away from God and away from Christian culture, we are seeing the ugliness arise in our culture. We're seeing it everywhere. We went from a few hundred years of having unbelievably beautiful cathedrals of praise and worship that when you walked into the building, you thought somebody thought a lot of God when they made this building. We went from having windows of I mean, I can just see some person. By the way, some folks did that as a permanent <coughs> job to make stained glass. And I can just see the church gathering together. By the way, generation after generation saying, I tell you what let's do. When we build our church and when we have it in this community, let's make it so that even if they don't come inside the church, if they even walk by, they will see the message of the gospel. Let's make it so that, and by the way, through history, 
Not everybody could read. Not everybody had books. Not everybody, you know, this was, stained glass came out before the printing press. And so somebody could come in and sit in a building and maybe not know, maybe not be able to read, maybe never been to church before, but it's, and maybe they were like a little kid and they were bored and the preacher was hammering on, but they could look up and see the light catch the glass and show the story as they went around the church of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I started thinking, Lord, if we could get back to seeing the beauty of Christ, if we could go back again and see how, what is it? And I started thinking, what is it that I liked about them so much? And of course, I'm going to culminate the very last one because the most beautiful stained glass windows, in my opinion, in the world are the ones that mankind tries their very best. We fail at this now. We fail at this is to serve the beautiful power of the resurrection of Christ at Easter. In fact, if you, if you go around in some churches, they'll have the different scenes and different things, and then you'll come up either behind the pulpit or at the end of the church, and it'll have, it'll have the cross or it'll have the resurrection. It'll show the, it'll, it'll be bright on that bright Easter morning, and that light comes through, and it's, it's something about that. I've read testimony after testimony about the power of that. That mankind is doing what they can artistically to say, God, we want to worship you. We love you. We want to point everybody that comes in or near this place to you. That's why we uh, have art. That's why Christianity and art and music, you ever notice that they are interlocked. They go together. I want to begin this morning by just looking at a, at a few. Now, there's a lot that, we, that I could say this morning about this, and I don't want to, I don't want to get too bogged down in this, but I want us to get this because if we can get the beauty of Christ back in our minds and back in our hearts, I think it'll do a, I think it'll do a world of good. We, in fact, I don't think we'll have a revival. I don't think we'll have God move until we get back to realizing how beautiful and wonderful He is. Y'all know this morning we live in an ugly world. We live in an ugly world. You watch the news, you see ugliness. You drive through many towns and cities in the United States, you see ugliness. It's everywhere you turn. We are going further and further away from Christianity. And what I want to do is stop. And it may, it may go against everything you see in your life. You say, man, I saw something ugly this week, preacher. I, I've seen this and I've watched this. And you may be living that life. But Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. And I want to these next several weeks to lift him up as we look through the stained glass of the Word of God, because here's what each one, what, what was so powerful to me was, it wasn't the stained glass, it wasn't the worker, it wasn't the skill, and all those things are impressive and beautiful. But what took the beauty, what made it special, is when I looked at that window, I said, oh, I know what that is. Oh, that's the, that's the prodigal. I saw one had Jesus, have said, that's the prodigal son. I saw one, uh, that's Peter, denying. Had a, I saw one had a, had a rooster in it. I've watched, I've seen a lot of these, oh, I know what that is. I've seen, I've seen where the, the, the children are coming up around Jesus. Now I know some folks say, well, we shouldn't make any likeness of Christ. I understand that. And I, I, I get that this morning, I really do. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what I want to focus on. What I want to focus on is how beautiful and wonderful our Savior is. There's so many colors. Stained glass has a lot of symbolism in it. They did it for a certain reason. And we're going to talk about that these next several weeks. But I want to begin this week by, by just looking at some windows of Christ. 
Because until we get to Easter, Easter don't mean anything to the world. Did y'all know Easter don't really, we say Easter, in fact, Easter is not really a great word if you study the root meaning of it in English, but uh, we've used it now, so people use it. But the resurrection of Christ, we think of candy and pastel colors and Easter bunnies and having a fun time. I loved that growing up. How many of y'all love Easter? All right, three of you. Y'all pray for the rest of them. But... Man, I mean, I love all that. I know not all that is meant in an evil way, but I know the world has a twisted version of Easter. Man, you hear all kinds of things coming out. We live in a, by the way, we need to be very careful in this world of people twisting what the Bible says. Satan's a master at it. But I want us to look this morning, church, at the first window. We have to begin. Well, we can just pretend. Now you got to go in your mind's eye and you can make that window however you want it to look. But let's begin. If you went to a church that had 12 or 14 or 25, if you went to a big cathedral, if you go on the campus of some universities, even in the United States, you're going to see this. You're going to see some stained glass. You're going to see some symbolism. And I want us to begin, first of all, at the first window, and that's the window of His birth. Let's go back. Let's take our Bibles, would you please, and turn with me to John, to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Now, I, I, when I picture that window, I, I picture like you do, the, the manger. Now, the manger can be depicted in so many different ways, can it? A lot of times we get, you know, some wood from Lowe's and kind of throw it together, put some hay in it, get some kids in some bathrobes and towels from the bathroom, get us a camel in here, right? Ain't that precious? That's what we do. We say, man, Lord, we're, we're gathering together. We're, this is our presentation of it. But I think most of us would know if we glanced over at that window that we would, we'd see probably a manger, or maybe some sheep. Sometimes you'll see this. In fact, you'll see this a lot with stained glass. You'll see angels. We sing at church, you know, or at, at Christmas time. Angels we have heard on high. Y'all remember that song? Glory. You heard a big choir sing that? Beautiful. Handles Messiah. You know, they don't make Handles Messiah. You can't really. I, I made a, a, thing, a post on social media a few months ago. They don't play Handles Messiah on a kazoo. You've got to need an orchestra. And then somebody sent me a YouTube link and said, well, they actually do. And it showed a kazoo, uh, a kazoo orchestra trying to do Handel's Messiah. No, no job, I'm not kidding. I thought, well, that didn't do it justice. Because it's beautiful and you have to have something lofty. You see, the Gospel and the Bible and the story of Christ is lofty. And we don't give it as much worship and loftiness. We like to pull it down to our level. We want to pull it down to the mundane and to the base. And it doesn't work. His birth. Let's look at His birth. Don't y'all think His birth was beautiful? Hang on, no birth is a beautiful thing. If you've had a baby, you had a child. Uh, the other night somebody testified on Wednesday night here at church about having a grandbaby. I mean, you, the, the, this, the way they said this beautiful. Like, I got this precious baby. Look what it says in Luke chapter 2. Let's, let's build us a stained glass. Let's draw us a stained glass. Let's design it. Let's get out and tinker in the shop. It says, and it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed everyone in his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea and the city of David which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary as a spouse wife, being great with child. We could see, can you? I've seen the, the, the Christmas cards. We've seen it have, it shows Joseph and Mary. 
and they're headed to pay their taxes. Lonely, nobody knows about them in the world. And here God knows all about them, right? I could just see that stained glass. Maybe with a, a dark blue in the background. And they're, they're going through the countryside, going through, the, going through Israel to get there. We don't know exactly how that looked, but an artist's rendition. The Bible tells us, and, that, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished, she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there's no room for them in the end. There were in the same country, and here you see the shepherds. Y'all picture them with me? Can you see them in your mind this morning? We see it in the Word of God, don't we? There were shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Well, let's think about the night, don't we, at Christmas. Oh, beautiful star of Bethlehem. We'll have some, some wonderful artist would make some star and put it at the top over those shepherds. What a beautiful picture. What a wonderful picture because on this night it's going to all begin. The fulfillment of, of prophecy. The fulfillment. Hey, the hope of all mankind is going to be born. And so that window that we're looking at, it's more than just a decoration. That, that song that we sing, it's more than just gathering together. Those little boys and girls, and by the way, I've got many of your family members and loved ones, I've still got them on my phone, and some of them are now grown and bigger, and they had a little towel on their head, and they had little rubber bands and little angel wings. we got them over in the children's church right now. Little halo stuck over top of them. Never look, hey, children never look as pretty to me as when they're in a play at church. How wonderful. How beautiful. You say, well, it's not as professional. I think God looks down and smiles. How beautiful that is. And it's more than a play. And it's more than a decoration. And it's more than a song. It goes beyond that. And we all know it in our hearts that it goes beyond that. We know it. When you see that stained glass, you're like, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know this church is beautiful. And I know these stained glasses windows are beautiful and I'm sure it costs money and I'm sure it's and we can have all the details but the picture and the message here is beyond all of this it goes farther than that this is supernatural I can imagine the farmer walking by some building some church maybe he can't read maybe he's never darkened the door maybe he was raised in an infidel's home and he goes by and he sees that picture and says what is that about why does this belief make such a big deal about a baby? Nobody else does, by the way. I hear people say, well, all religions, we're all going to heaven, we're going, just, we're going different ways. Well, number one, they don't all claim to be going to heaven and only one says he's got a Savior. And that's our Savior this morning. We see the stars and the angels. It says, And it goes on here. The angel of the Lord, it said that by the fox, verse 9 says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. Can you imagine? I, I'm not an artist. I love art. Absolutely love art. But I'm not an artist. I can barely draw a straight line. Anybody in here not an artist like me? So when I see art, I'm very, it don't take much at all. One of my best friends growing up was a tremendous artist. And I just, can I, can I confess something? I was so jealous of that. He'd draw at art time. I was like, man. I said, well, why could I not have that? But boy, I sure did appreciate it. And I, and I, can you imagine being an artist? I don't know how artists think. And he sits down and he says, you know, I'm going to have to with glass and with metal and with, and it's interesting to study this, how they develop this. I'm going to try to show the glory of God. 
I, I don't know this. I don't have anything in front of me. I can just imagine somebody that loved God with tears going down their face and said, Oh God, with these hands and with this glass, I cannot show Your glory. I could just see them. Said, Lord, I, I could see them going to the pastor, going to the church and saying, Church, I, I wanted to make that, but I, I can't do that in glass. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. You know what America needs this morning, church? is the glory of God. That's what we need. It says, for unto you is born this day in the city of... The angel of the Lord speaks unto them. Verse 11 says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger, and suddenly there was with an angel, to, angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and by the way, you do see this in mud stained glass is the angels saying, glory to God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. In fact, it might even be a quote underneath that stained glass window. Because what makes that stained glass beautiful isn't the artist. Now the sunlight coming through from God makes it beautiful. But what makes it beautiful, it is a representation of the Word of God. So we see his birth. I wrote another one down. Let's, let's walk through and look at another window. And I, and I wrote this down knowing that I couldn't find it. And that was his boyhood. Because the Bible does not really tell us, and we're going to look at the thing here in just a moment that it does, but we see his birth, but then we don't see. We'll get to heaven, we'll find out. I think it'll be one of the glories of heaven. I've had people ask me, well, what did Jesus do when he was growing up? We'll have to get to heaven and find out. The Bible doesn't tell us. I don't think he ever made a mistake. And we could talk about sinless perfection. We know there were some things that he did by inference, but I wrote this down, number two, that we could go down. There is no boyhood. There is no little boy bouncing. It doesn't, the Bible doesn't tell us. But it does bring me to my next one. If you're writing things down, we have his birth. But then we see his boldness. And I'm curious this morning as I was studying this week, if there is a, a stained glass somewhere that showed us, and I'm pretty sure I've seen this, I'd like you to take your Bible again now and look at Luke chapter 2, starting at verse 41. Because this, we go from the birth to, okay, this is a beautiful scene of Christmas. We understand that, preacher. Though Christmas is famous the world over, many of you know the Lord. You've walked with God. Many of you trusted Christ. We see His birth. And I want you to notice His boldness. Let's look at Luke chapter 2. I want you to picture with me Jesus here. Well, let me read the verses and we'll, we'll go back. Now his parents went to Jerusalem. and The Bible says in verse 40, we go from, if you read all the way down to verse 39, and then the Bible says in verse 40, and the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now we have to understand, as we get to Easter, as we get to Resurrection Sunday, all of this has to go together. It, Jesus rising from the dead has to be connected with His sinless life. His fulfillment of Scripture. His doing what God had said He would do as the Messiah. And so when that Messiah died on the cross, was buried, and rose again, the reason we make the stained glass, and the reason we sing, and the reason we're here today, and the reason we have a choir, and the reason that I'm preaching, and the reason that we're worshiping, is because of exactly who Jesus is. Think about that this morning. What a beautiful Savior. And starting at verse 41, now His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. That's fulfillment of Exodus. Uh, you can go back to Exodus 23, verse 15. If you have a note in your Bible, you may see that. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem. He's 12 now. We go from the birth to 12 years old. 
after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days, as they returned, the, the child Jesus, and they called him a child at 12 still, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother knew not of it. Now, that's, there's, a, there's, there's so much going on here that I, I would love to, how did they not know? What was that scene like? Had he just run off? Anybody ever have a kid run off? Right? Man, where'd they go? I used to go, to some of y'all that grew up, uh, I used to go to hills and hide in the clothes. And then I'd, and I'd, and I'd lose my mom and I'd go up front and say, could you ask for my mom to meet me? I'd run, I'd hide. I could see her and listen to her, but I would hide. Anybody ever hide from your parents growing up? But that's not what's going on here. That was silly. That was foolishness. No, no, no. No, this is beautiful. Let's look what it says. And they, um, verse 44, but they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey and they saw him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. They said, man, he's run off with some family. And when they found him, not, they turned back again to Jerusalem seeking him. I think this was a lot bigger deal, by the way. This was a lot more intense than we can maybe say it. And that came to pass, verse 46, after three days, they found him in the what? Temple. Oh, wait a minute now. He's a baby. Now he's 12. He's in the temple. Sitting in the midst of the doctors. Both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Hey, what a scene this is. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being a, a, a maker of stained glass and reading this and saying, how can I put this? How can I draw this? He says, Son, why hast thou dealt with us? Verse 48. Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, verse 49, if you have a red letter Bible, you'll see it in red. How is it that you sought me? Wist ye not? And wist, we don't really use that word today. We'd say no. Do you not understand that I must be about my what? Father's business. Oh, wait a minute now. This isn't just a baby. This just wasn't a pretty story so Walmart can sell more products. We live in American commercialism. We do, we do everything through the eyes of money and, and let's go, let's go, let's go. That's not what this is about. It's beyond that. They understood not the saying which he spoke unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And by the way, if you, say, if you know anything about stained glass, you'll see a lot of Mary. Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. I could just see, as we see his boldness standing in the temple, opening up the word. I could see somebody with a stained glass with an artist. Ability showing Jesus sitting and maybe the, the, the brilliant brains of the time listening to the very logos, the Word. I could even see Him inscribing Alpha and Omega on the Bible. I've seen that in stained glass. I have a Bible and say and have the symbols of Alpha and Omega because He's the beginning and the end. He said, the law, hey, I'm the fulfillment. Hey, I'm, can you imagine sitting there and teaching them? He didn't have to be taught. He is the very Word. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I mean, he's laying this foundation. He's living this sinless, perfect life. He's teaching the Word. He is giving a New Testament. 
And so we see his boldness. We can see, I can just see that. How would you, how would you portray his father's business? Maybe a fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy and scripture. Even his own family did not understand. If you've ever, if you're here this morning, you've ever been misunderstood, you're not alone. If you've ever, if you've ever looked at the Bible and said, wait a minute, I don't understand all this, you're not alone. We were speaking of C.S. Lewis in our Sunday school class this morning. C.S. Lewis became a believer from being an atheist and it took him a while. It wasn't overnight. It, it took him some time. Guess what? If you're in that position this morning, you're not alone. But let's walk through and see his birth. We see his boldness. But then we see, and I'm going to close with this one this morning and let you go home, his beauty. Because these next several weeks now, we're going to look at some different scenes of the beautiful life of Christ. As we think about Resurrection Sunday, we think about taking the Lord's Supper and communion. As we honor His broken body and shed blood, as we think about what that means to us. And by the way, that is a Christian basic fundamental teaching. We believe that Jesus Christ broke His body. He died on the cross, shed His perfect blood to cover and redeem us from our sin. That's the message of Christianity. The message is we are all sinners. And come short of the glory of God. But that Jesus Christ became sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Oh, what a message. Oh, what a Savior. There's no wonder we sing, Oh, Gloria. There's no wonder we sing, Angels we've heard on high. There's no wonder we sing, what a mighty God we serve. There's no wonder sing our God is an awesome God. There's no wonder we sing the, the, the songs and the hymns and the praise and the chorus. There's no wonder because when that gets in your heart, you've got to build a window. You've got to build a temple. You've got to sing a song because when Jesus Christ gets in there, you can't help but come out. Amen. And even if you say, well, I don't have that ability, you sure can love watching somebody else. We see His beauty this morning. I wrote down some... I, I'm not, look now, church, I'm not, a, I'm not a stained glass expert. If you come up to me after the service and said, well, you was wrong about this, this, and this, you're probably right. I'm going to concede the point. In fact, like I said, I can barely draw a straight line with a ruler. So if you come to me and say, wait a minute, you just don't understand. There's a lot more to the, by the way, I know there's a lot more to the history. I know about the colors and the symbolism. And I know that it's in not only Protestant churches, but in Catholic churches and even in other, even religions. I know stained glass is not just a Christian thing, but it is predominantly used, especially since the 11th to 12th century with God's people. I want to, I want to read to you just a, just a few that I, that I've seen just in my studies, and, and if I haven't seen them, I sure would like to see them. We see His beauty. Can you imagine how beautiful stained glass window when He walks? You know, a lot of them you see Jesus and He's, he's walking. He'll have His back turned and in behind it they'll show maybe Him going to the Jordan River. He walks. Can you imagine seeing how beautiful it would be? I think of the song, He walks with me and He talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. By the way, he's been doing that since he came. If you're here this morning, he has that wall. I see that window. And those of you that have had a relationship with Christ, it's a beautiful thing. He walks with the disciples. He walked and sit with sinners. His beauty also in his talk. I think a beautiful one. In fact, I'm pretty sure in Brother Dewey Williams' church there in Bristol, Virginia, they have one where Jesus is sitting with his hands with the children. We live in such a perverted world today 
so much wickedness and sexual sin that when we think about kids and grown-ups, we, our minds are twisted and warped because we live in such a wicked, wicked time. It ought to break our hearts. Jesus never, hey, them little children, He said, let the little children come to me and forbid them not. Can you imagine saying, the kids said, well, we're going to go hang out with Jesus and you as a parent go, go ahead. Spend all the time you want. Amen. Have, all, have yourself a time because Jesus loves you. If your little kid comes to you and says, Mom and Daddy, I want to go to church. Man, you ought to break your neck to get there. You ought to get to say, Man, I want to, I want to learn about Sunday school. I want to learn about the Bible. I want to learn about Jesus. Honey, come on, come on. And by the way, if you need a ride, let me know. I will tear that van up getting up your driveway. We'll get them here. Why? Because what's them children need? What's them little girls and little boys need? Oh, man, you tell me. I want them to have a good education. I want them to make a million dollars. I, I want them to do great. But we'll tell you what they need. They need the Lord. Can you imagine how beautiful? By the way, we've seen the pictures. I remember going to Sunday school. Before I got saved as a little boy, they talked about how wonderful he is. And I thought, is he really that great? Is he really that wonderful? Is he really that? He loves me too. I grew up in a broken home. I didn't think, I didn't know who loved me. I was here the thither and yon. I was like, man, what in the world's going on? I heard things I should have never heard. And when I went to church, I said, well, listen, guess what, man? He loves you too. I was looking around. Me too. I never got over it. I could still see them little Sunday school papers they give us. I see my little sweet grandma. And she'd say, yeah, honey, Jesus loves you too. Tear go down her cheek. Oh, man, I, I get going. Y'all hang in here. Y'all all right? I can see him talking with the children. You can see him talking with children with the sinners. You ever felt so sinful you can't hold your head up? Say, man, I don't deserve to walk in this place. Some of you this morning say, man, I don't deserve anything. Jesus says, come to me. I want to see that. I want to see that going with his hands up. Say, come to me, all you that labor and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. They go, hey, we live in a world, they go to the bottle, they go to the drug. They go to money. They go to education. We go to everything. And we can't find it. I look over that stained glass. One little message, come here. You can find it in me. Oh man, I can go on. Can you imagine seeing that? How about this one? I'd love to see one. You've seen him where he heals. I imagine old blind Bartimaeus, he might want to have one, wouldn't you? Amen. I imagine that blind man, Jesus said, Took it and said, go and tell no man. I imagine if we if we did a research, if we got on Google this afternoon and started looking up stained glass, you'd see one. You'd see one or two or ten or twenty, a thousand of Jesus healing the sick, the lame, the blind. How beautiful. Ain't nobody like him. How about those who are hurting? How about this? I wonder, I wonder, I don't know. I haven't, I don't, I'm not an expert, but I wonder if we, as I study this on through for these next several weeks, and I've already, I'm kind of, I don't want to get ahead of myself because I've got a lot more to talk about, but I wonder if there's one where he wept. And maybe an artist tried, you know, we fail when we try to picture Christ. Gotta be careful, of course. Maybe he had a quote in the verse that said, Jesus wept as he looked down. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Thou that killest the prophets, I wonder if he looked down. I wonder if we see that. I wonder if we see the hurts. Maybe Peter, I told you, I've seen the ones 
that had the cock crow in her, had to, had to rooster in the top. You knew who it was? And you, you may not be able to see the depiction because many times they tried to be reverent. They wouldn't always show the face. They'd show them from the back. They wouldn't show what they looked like because we don't know. But as soon as you saw that rooster up in the corner, you said, well, I know what that is. Or that 30 pieces of silver. What thou do is do quickly, Judas. I wonder if in the corner we'd see a little bag with money coming out. Then we think about the loves. Can you? I always picture the one. The, I've seen pictures of this. I don't know if it's in a stained glass anywhere of Jesus hugging the prodigal. The father hugging the prodigal. Oh, man, can you imagine the love of Christ? Can you imagine? I, I know I've seen him, him on the cross. And the Lord's saying, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. That gets to me. Y'all forgive me. How about forgiveness? I've seen this. I remember coming to Sunday school when I was a kid. They'd show Jesus with a lamb around his neck. And he's leaving the 90 and 9 to go for the one. I've seen that stained glass. That was pretty popular. Can you imagine that farmer? That person never darkened the door. Maybe that person raised up in paganism and he, he's riding, he's walking by one day. He looks up and he sees that picture of Christ. He sees that. Now I know, again, I understand. You can't depict Jesus. I understand that. Can you imagine seeing that message? And he says, what's that about? And then he reads the word. says, you mean Jesus will leave the 99 and go for the one? You better believe it. How beautiful. How beautiful. In fact, in fact, when you read the word, there's no Hollywood movie. There's no program. There's no YouTube uh, documentary. There's no preacher. There's no stained glass window that can touch the word of God. In fact, when you read the words like, oh, oh, what a Savior. I mean, you just, you want to sing. I want to, I want to close with these three thoughts. First of all, why do we do that? Why do we have stained glass? By the way, the stained glass window is the predominant figure in stained glass windows. Now, there's some in medieval Europe of knights and leaders and kings, and I understand that. But the predominant, obviously in churches, the main theory, the, the main one is the Bible. The main thing is the story of Christ. Sometimes it'll just be a picture of, of loaves and fishes. And when you see that, well, I know what that's about. Sometimes it might be just a, a pig pit. Well, I know what that's about. It might be the water, the boat on the water. Well, I know what's that about. I, we know because of the Word of God. You know why? Because there's nobody like you. I challenge you this morning. Who else are we going to put up? We can put up a president, but some of us would probably throw a tomato at it. We can put up a political leader. We can put up a historical figure. But I'll be honest with you, if you study long, you'll find, oh man, there's a lot of, I don't like that guy. I, I, can't, I wouldn't go to a church had him up in the window. But boy, if you have Jesus and you have the message of Christ, it's beautiful. Nobody like him. I said secondly, and this is what I want for, our, for our, this whole series, church. Listen now. May we fall more in love with him. May we fall more in love with him. When I walk through the churches, and I've been through a few that have beautiful stained glass, when I look at them, the whole time I'm thinking, oh my. This whole, this whole, the money, the effort, the talent, the beauty, the richness, when the sun comes through. Can you imagine being a little kid? Seeing that little speck of sunlight hit off of the message of the Bible and it hit right there at his feet and he'd look up in the window. God say, it's me. May we see His beauty. May we in these next few weeks. So that way when it comes Resurrection Sunday, we can say, what a mighty God. 
And by the way, when we get to heaven, we're going to be saying, holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. And as beautiful as the stained glass here is on this earth, can you imagine what heaven's going to be? Won't it be wonderful there? Man, can you imagine how it's going to look? And then I want this. I want this for me and I want this for our church. I want this for you. I want this, even if you can't picture stained glass and even if you say, well, I don't want to get caught up in all that. Hey, I want us to do these next several weeks. We're going to talk about him praying. We're going to talk about Jesus and what he's done and what he did, does here in the gospels. I want us to draw closer. I want us to get right up to that, right up to that window, so to speak, of the word of God and say, oh, Lord. Lord, I want that to get in me. I might not be able to draw. I might not be able to make a stained glass window. I might not be able to carry a tune. But God, in my heart, I want to do all of those. I want in my mind to be able to do all of those. God, I want in my daily life to walk with you and talk with you like never before. But I want that. May we as a church, can you imagine if people saw us walking around as proverbial stained glass windows of the message of Christ in our life? Can you imagine if somebody saw you and said, you know what, I know they had some issues in their life, but boy, something's shining through. There's a sunlight in my soul today as we sing. I hope and pray that'll be your heart. Let's all stand with every heart, every head bowed, every eye closed. Our dear Lord and Savior, this morning I pray that you'll speak.